So sport and politics have always been intermixed, and I would like to keep them separate. All right, you know, just the the ancient Olympics. The idea was that even if there was a war going on, you know, the two sides would would call a truce during the period of the Olympics. Their athletes would go and compete, and then they go back to their war after the Olympics had finished. Now, obviously, we can't do that these days. But I also am getting upset with you know groups like the NBL here in Australia, the AFL, and the NRL getting on board issues they think that you know everybody should support. So whether it's you know, LGBTQI plus rights or, you know, the Indigenous voice to Parliament. Like, individuals can make up their own mind about these things. And when it comes to the voice to Parliament, we get a vote in a referendum. We don't need a sporting body telling us what to think. Our next guest is Associate Dean of Higher Education and Sport at Holmes Glen, Dr Sam Duncan. Good afternoon. G'day, Tom. Good to be with you. Well, I mean, we don't know yet that the AFL is going to come out with a voice to parliament, but it's been, or I should say a view on the voice to parliament, but it's been widely reported that they will. I mean, is this really within the AFL's purview? Well, I think increasingly it it happens. Um, And I don't think they'll be telling people what to think. I think they'll be telling you all what they think and what their position is. And if they don't do that, their players might fill the gap anyway. I mean, that's the world we live in where every athlete has um, a platform to voice their views and increasingly they're political. And so a lot of the time it leaves people wondering, well, gee, I wonder what their organisation thinks about that. Uh, And so they often take political positions themselves. But, I mean, you know, I don't don't want the AFL, like, down the track telling me which political party it thinks I should vote for. And, and look, this is a question for individual Australians, not not for corporate bodies or sporting organisations. I mean, even within the AFL, there'll be some players who think the voice is a great idea and others who probably think it's a terrible idea. And and that's absolutely correct, except that I think this notion that uh, sporting organisations are apolitical or that politics doesn't influence them is also incorrect. I mean, they would have, as you articulated, people and stakeholders within their organisation, be their their, their players, um, community groups, communities at the grassroots level who feel extremely passionate about various issues. And those issues have come to the fore because now they have an enormous amount of theme rounds where they try and support those particular people. So their people will look to them to say, well, what's your position on this? As my employer, as my partner, what is your position on this? And so a lot of them will increasingly take positions when it comes to political issues. And to your point... In many respects, they always have. For people that are saying sport and politics shouldn't mix, maybe that's right, but you're asking for something that's never, ever existed. Okay, but but I mean, like in the broader population, support for The Voice is about 50-50 at the moment. You know, 50% say it's a good thing, 50% want to vote against it. And even amongst Indigenous politicians, I can think of three being Warren Mundine, Jacinta Price and Lydia Thorpe, who for different reasons are against The Voice. So doesn't the AFL risk alienating a big chunk of its support base by saying we're pro-voice, even if half their support uh, support base is against the voice? I don't think so on the basis that they've taken positions, at least on social issues in the past, uh, and they haven't alienated too many people doing that. In fact, audiences are up um, uh, uh, when it comes to television ratings and and, um, attendances have remained extremely strong. Plus... I think there also needs to be a recognition that amongst a particular demographic of society, they don't care. 
that sporting organisations take political views. They're used to it. A lot of them follow American sports where their favourite athletes are very political and they expect it. So there is absolutely a demographic that are against it. And then I think there is a growing demographic that either are for it or simply don't mind. And I don't think there is evidence to suggest that it's going to be alienating um, their support base. Well, why is the AFL almost always progressive? I mean, they, 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 they never have a conservative view on anything. It's always progressive. I, I, mean, I mean, that, again, you know, alienates roughly half the population that doesn't agree with those things. So, you know, can't the AFL just focus on getting footy right? Because footy's not 100% right. No, and that is a fair point. And I do think that a lot of people yearn for a time where um, it, it doesn't mix because you, you are bogged down or a lot of people are bogged down with their own problems and political problems throughout the week and they turn to sport on the weekend for relief. But they are probably um, progressive because I think increasingly their cohort is progressive. Um, and and by that, I mean their players. Now, the AFL does represent a broader section of the community than just players, but they do represent a lot of young men and women who do have progressive views. Um, and so perhaps when they consider what their cohort do want, although it would never, ever be 100% on any issue, they believe that their view is overall representative of their cohort of, of players. All right. Thank you for your time. Dr. Sam Duncan there from, uh, from T- Holmes Glen Tafe. I mean, yes, but, okay, a lot of young people, yes, they're progressive, but a lot of the time they haven't thought things through. So, for example, someone who's 20 or 25, like the average age of an AFL player, I think, is 23 or something, they don't remember the old Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Commission, which was corrupt and ineffective and wasted money and ultimately had to be shut down. They don't remember it. So they are forming a view about the voice without knowing the history behind these sorts of Indigenous-only advisory bodies. And the last one we had, and I do remember it, was utterly terrible. You know, it stole money from Aboriginal people. Um, it, it, it was not an effective uh, advisory voice to any level of Parliament. So much money disappeared into the old Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander Commission, which was run and elected by Indigenous people only, that it had to be shut down. Now... I look at the voice and say, well, what's to stop this happening again? Young people don't have that knowledge of history. They have these strong opinions, but they don't have the historical basis on which to make them. Anyway, but the bigger issue, though, is not so much that. I mean, the AFL should not just be beholden to its players, right? The AFL is about sponsors and supporters and the grounds and the health of the game itself, not just a bunch of early 20s players who have progressive opinions. Anyway, 